Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Well, I love Jesus. Have you, has anyone experienced a miracle in the last few weeks? God doing something miraculous? Yes, 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 hooray. Um, last, wasn't last Sunday just so beautiful? to be able to celebrate and remember the miracles that the Lord's been, some of the miracles. Um, no time to be able to share them all, but um, even over coffee though, uh, a lady came up to me and she just said, you know, I remember a few weeks ago when you were talking about be it unto us according to your word, where I was encouraging people to be like Mary and just say, be it unto me, Lord, according to your word, and even physically take it and have it and say, I'll have it. You know, as Nick was prophesying tonight and Carsten and, 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 and Chris was, was prophesying, I was grabbing it and I was physically saying, yes, be it unto us, Lord. Yes, Lord, be it unto us. And that active, deliberate posture of saying, God, I'm not just gonna hear it and go, well, we'll wait and see. I want that, I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna posture myself now to take it. Be it unto me, Lord. I take it, I receive it. Amen, so be it, let me have it. I receive it, hallelujah. And um. She began to do that because she was needing a job. And, um, and for two weeks, she was saying, Lord, thank you, be it unto me according to word. Thank you for my job. And she would do her little happy dance, um, like I'd, I'd shared about, she'd do a happy dance, celebrating the job that she believed she had already in faith before she received it. Well, within two weeks, She'd got the job that she was dreaming of, hallelujah, full-time employment, and isn't that wonderful? Yay, Jesus. And I love it when we get together and we can talk about what the Lord has done and how to apply, because we can talk about all sorts of concepts and ideas, but it's when we actually apply what we are hearing and seeing it outworked and then the testimonies of that um, being shared that we can encourage everybody else to do the same thing, amen? So I wanna encourage you, please share with us your testimonies. It's always so exciting when we hear what the Lord is doing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, you are faithful. You are glorious. You deserve all the honor and all the praise. Father, we truly wanna know you in deeper and deeper ways. Lord, we do ask you, Father, that you would grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Lord, enlighten the eyes of our understanding so we can know you, so that we can know the hope of your calling, the riches of your glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. Father, we ask for it, knowing that you delight to do it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, he is a God of miracles. And when we come together to worship him, you know, it, it's so important that we understand we're not worshiping someone who is distant, a concept, or I know about Jesus, I believe in Jesus, all hail King Jesus, I worship you because I believe in you. I, he doesn't want us to be worshiping from a place of distance or a, a mental concept that he's there and I will worship him from here. But instead, because the veil has been torn, he's invited us actually to worship him in him with his very life 
flowing through us and our capacity to worship doesn't come from our human, oh God, you are glorious, but it comes from a supernatural spiritual empowerment that is able to truly say, because you are enlightening the eyes of my understanding, I can cry holy, I can cry glorious. Oh, hail, King Jesus, who consumes me, in whom I live and have my being. I don't worship as a, as a subject that is distant from an earthly king, but I worship as one who has been redeemed and has the very life force of his spirit empowering me right now to worship him. And it's completely different. But so often we forget, we get the idea when we sing worship songs we, that, that we're somehow we want to worship him, we want to honor him, we want to bless him, we believe, yes, we read about it, he died, he rose again, he's the king of kings, but sometimes there can be that sense of distance that I, I don't know exactly how to make this more than just a mental concept. Have you ever had a desire to worship him in a way that is beyond just telling him what you know mentally. His deep calls out to your deep so that together you might have a revelation. And I wanna share with you a little bit about that tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Have you got your Bibles? We're gonna turn to the book of Jeremiah. Hallelujah. Isn't he wonderful? God, we love you. We're gonna go to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. But wait, there's more. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. This is a promise from him. He comes firstly and he says, listen, I'm for you. I'm not against you. I love you and I know the plans I have for you. They are to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I didn't come to condemn you or destroy you, I came to save you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life, hallelujah. God loves us and this glorious revelation Following that revelation, he says, now, if you will seek me, I will be found by you. And he gives us reason to seek him. We don't seek him because we're trying to avoid punishment, but we seek him because his love is chasing after us and propelling us into him. Hallelujah. He, he 
He's in us and, and inviting us to be swept up into Him. It's learning to respond to that invitation that we must begin to be, cultivate a sensitivity to. Because God wants to ever increasingly engage us in real relationship that's not conceptual or intellectual, but is truly spiritual, truly relational, truly glorious, hallelujah. And any time that you feel yourself slipping back into the place of conceptual worship, intellectual worship, worship that seems distant, the invitation from the Father is, hey, let me remind you, I know the plans I've got for you. They're not for your calamity. They're not for your punishment or your destruction. Now, seek me. He doesn't play hide and seek with a plan to never reveal himself. He actually tells us, if you seek me, I will be found by you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. It's a promise that's not just in our initial conversion. I sought him and found him when I was initially converted. I believed in him, but I got real with him in worship one day as a, as a 12 year old child and I said, I, I believe in you, but I can't see you and I don't know you and this is really hard to worship you when I can't see you and don't know you, help. And in that place of worship as I was crying out for help, I found him and I've never been the same ever again. I came home from the youth camp and my mother told me I had never, I was not the same person from that day on. And it's true, because I found him. He became much more than just a concept or, a, or a, an idea or, or a belief. I was converted. I truly had a revelation. But you see, that revelation was never intended to be a one-off experience. God wants us to have a, a dynamic, real relationship and he continually calls us to seek him so that he may be found by us, amen? amen. Now I, um, I remember when I was about 23 years old, I got really hungry, really desperate. I'd read stories about people like Catherine Coleman or Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, these, the great healing revivalists. And I, I became desperate. I went, God, I, I read in the book of Acts, Peter's shadow healing the sick. And I hear about Reinhard Bonnke in Africa. And I hear about the miracles happening in India and Africa. Why aren't I seeing it in my life? And I got desperate. 
And I set my face to say, I need whatever it is that they had because I need. If I'm gonna live a life for Christ, I am not going to ever be satisfied living at a level less than what I know is available. And I got desperate. And I, I read, I read every autobiography I could get my hands on, every biography I could get my hands on. And it seemed to me that nearly in, in, in actually in every case, each one of them had an encounter with God where they were baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Where something so significant happened that everything was different. I wanna read to you um, just a few little encounters that different ones had had just to whet your appetite. This is Dwight L. Moody. Now Moody, if you, I have um, books on Moody, I have, I have just such respect for this man and, and what he did. And, and the miracles he saw and the, the souls, the conversions, the nations that were shifted and changed because of his ministry. But I love this story. Um, Tori, who was an evangelist who worked with him, tells this story about Dwight, Dwight L. Moody. Not long after, one day on his way to England, he was walking up Wall Street in New York. Mr. Moody very seldom told this and I almost hesitate to tell it. And in the midst of the hustle and bustle of the city, his prayer was answered. The power of God fell upon him as he walked up the street and he had to hurry off to the house of a friend and ask that he might have a room by himself. And in that room he stayed alone for hours and the Holy Ghost came upon him, filling his soul with such joy that at last he had to ask God to withhold his hand lest he die on the spot from very joy. He went out from that place with the power of the Holy Ghost upon him. And when he got to London, partly through the prayers of a bedridden saint in Mr. Lessie's church, the power of God wrought through him mightily in North London and hundreds were added to the churches. And that was what led to him being invited to the wonderful campaign that followed in later years. Moody then talks about it and, and, um, and the impact of that on him. And he says this, well, one day in the city of New York, oh, what a day, I cannot describe it. I seldom refer to it as it's almost too sacred an experience to me. Paul had an experience of which he never spoke for 14 years. I can only say God revealed himself to me and I had an experience of his love that I had to ask him to stay his hand. I went on preaching. The sermons were not different. I didn't present any new truths, yet hundreds were converted. And the difference for him was the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. He had to, there were two old ladies that were praying for him to experience the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he came into agreement with them and said, okay, yeah, I'm gonna seek God. I want you, God, I want you, God. And then one day walking down the streets of New York, he felt this pull. He felt the Holy Ghost begin to move on him. He was getting ready to get on a boat that same day to go to London, yet he felt the pull. And instead of just going, oh, I feel something, he responded by making room. 
and he found a friend's house. He knocked on the door and said, hi, I don't wanna talk to you. Can, you, can I borrow one of your rooms? Can I lock myself in there for a while? I need to talk to God. And for hours, as he responded to the, the tug of the Holy Ghost, the push of God's love, he sought God and he found him. And he was baptized with fire. People um, talk about Finney too, Charles Finney. Finney got desperate, he believed in God. He, he got dissatisfied with worshiping God from a conceptual intellectual posture and he was like, I need to find him for myself. And he determined, he said, right, I'm going into the woods and I'm not coming out until I find him. And he went to pray and he, said, my heart couldn't even pray. And he tried and nothing happened. And he didn't even know how to pray. And he was there in the woods in the dark and nothing happened. But he felt reminded of a scripture and it was this, Jeremiah 29. To seek and you will find. So he went home encouraged. He spent hours getting nothing, feeling nothing, but just being reminded of this one scripture, seek and you will find. So he went home, had dinner, started to worship God after dinner by himself, and suddenly he began to feel the Holy Spirit. So instead of going to bed, he just continued to lean in, press in, and suddenly wave after wave of his spirit baptized him with love, baptized him with fire, baptized him with such a joy that he laughed and cried and wailed and laughed and cried. He, he describes it like this. <laughs> I went to my dinner and found I had no appetite to eat. I took down my bass vial, which I was accustomed to, and began to play and sing some pieces of music sacred music, but as I began to sing those sacred words, I began to weep. It seemed as if my heart was all liquid and my feelings were in such a state that I couldn't hear my own voice singing without causing my sensibility to overflow. After trying in vain to suppress my tears, I put up my instrument and stopped singing. His squire came in and said goodnight. He said, fine, close the door. Turned around and he said, my heart seemed to be liquid within me. All of my feelings seemed to rise and flow out and the utterance of my heart was, I want to pour out my whole soul to God. The rising of my soul was so great that it rushed, I rushed back into the room in front of the office to pray. There was no fire, there was no light in the room. Nevertheless, it appeared to me as if it were perfectly light. I went in and shut the door after me. It seemed as if I met the Lord Jesus Christ face to face. It did, occur, did not occur to me then, nor did it for some time afterwards that it was a holy mental state. On the contrary, it seemed to me that I saw him as I would see any other man. In other words, he was having an inner vision. He was seeing him in faith and he said nothing but looked at me in such a manner as if to break me right down at his feet. I've always since regarded this as the most remarkable state of mind, for it seemed to me a reality that he stood before me. And I fell down at his feet and poured out my soul to him. I wept aloud like a child and I made such confessions as I could with my choked utterance. It seemed to me that I bathed his feet with my tears and yet I had no distinct impression that I touched him that I recollect. 
I must have continued in this state for a good while. I returned to the front office and found that the fire I'd made was burned out, but it turned out that I was about to take a seat by the fire. I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost without any expectation of it, without ever having thought in my mind that there was any such thing for me, without any recollection that I'd ever heard the thing mentioned by any person in the world, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I couldn't express it in any other way. It seemed to me like the very breath of God. I can recollect distinctly that it seemed to fan me like immense wings. No words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. I wept aloud with joy and love, uh, but I, I don't know what, but I should say, I literally bow, bellowed out unutterable gushings of my heart. These waves came over me and over me and over me, one after the other, until I recollect I cried out, I shall die if these waves continue to pass over me. I said, Lord, I can't bear it anymore. Yet I had no fear of death. The next day, someone came in. An elder, he said, had never seen him even smile. And he fell out laughing and laughing and laughing in the power of the Holy Spirit just as he walked into the room where Finney was. Over and over again, we read about people who've had these encounters, and then Finney himself describes multiple encounters like this. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit is inviting every one of us into a place where we can learn what it looks like to live a life receptive to his invitations. The little nudges. I've had times when I've been driving on my way somewhere and I've felt the little nudge to pull over and to pray. I remember one of the first times it ever happened, I felt him, I could feel him. I heard a still small voice saying, turn around, go home and pray. And I thought to myself, no, I have to go to my mother-in-law, pick up my kids, I'll do it after that. And I heard the Lord say, anything you do above obeying me is idolatry. So I turned around, called my mother-in-law, said I was gonna be a little late. And praise the Lord, she was looking after the children. I got on the floor and I was almost a bit ticked, actually, about, you know, felt I'd been rebuked by God. So it took me a little bit. I, put some worship on, took me one or two songs to actually get in a right frame of mind, just be really honest. I think I was 25. And I heard the Lord, um, as I began to worship him and just began to adore him, began to look at him, began to give him worship, I heard him just say, I want you to go and visit this person. I thought, okay. So I, I called her, she didn't answer, so I got in the car, I went round to her house. Found out that when I got there, she'd just been taken by ambulance to the emergency room. And when there was a very serious health issue that was going on. So I went straight to the hospital, I went straight to the emergency room. I was able to do it because I didn't have little toddlers with me. God's smarter than me, hey. 
my mother-in-law still had the kids. I walked in and she said, looked at me and she gasped and she said, I was praying someone would come. And I think I so, so easily could have missed that if I hadn't responded to the little tug. I've had other times where I felt him, just come away, come for a walk. And I've put it off and I've said, I'll, I'll go later tonight. I'll work, yeah, I'll, after dinner, after everything's sorted, I'll, I'll go for a walk tonight. And I did that, I put it off, I went. And I, I began to pray and talk to the Lord and he spoke to me about something I needed to know earlier in the day. And if I'd known about it then, I would have avoided a really big issue and a big problem. At other times I had a dinner party and um, Tom was overseas on business and I, I felt this really strong intercession come on me, like, oh, I need to pray. Happily, my friends were Christians, believers, and I actually said, I'm really sorry, guys. You're gonna have to go. <laughs> and I sent them home, halfway through the meal. And, um, and, I, and, and I, pray, I, I got on my knees and I just began to pray. God took me into a vision and he showed me an open vision of a situation that Tom was just was in right at that time. I began to intercede. And then when I was able to speak to him the next day at that very moment, was when he needed intercession. And the very street, everything I saw was exactly where he was in Germany. I've had other times when I've been driving in the car and I felt the Lord say, pull over and pray. And I've gone to pray and I've had visions of people in situations and I've interceded to then go and talk about, talk to them later and find out that at that very moment, the very thing I was seeing was exactly what they were facing and because there was intercession made, they made a choice that caused them not to stumble. You know, I, I don't say that to say I'm some great person. The Holy Spirit is looking for anybody who will listen. He looks, searches to and fro, looking for an intercessor who will be obedient. I used to think, I don't wanna be an intercessor. Intercessor's boring. I'd rather be an evangelist. I like evangelism and healing. But you know what? If you're a friend of God, you will be an intercessor because Jesus is the great intercessor. It's the truth. He's called us to be a friend who would lean our heads on his breast and to hear what he's saying, to see what he's doing, and to do what he's doing, hallelujah, to partner with him. But you know, I really believe too that the Holy Spirit, in his kindness, is wanting us to encounter him in fresh ways, in our everyday times alone with him. I make room for him, I have my desk, I, I have my journal, I have my special pen and my highlighters and my, I've got my lamp and I make my nice little time with my cup of tea and I enjoy my little time with the Lord at my desk and I've got it just the way I like it. And that's fantastic and it's important, it's a discipline for me that's really important that I write in my journal, I read my Bible. But you know, there's a whole lot more than that. That's an important discipline to build into every believer's life. But God wants more than that. 
He wants you to be responsive to him in such a way that you feel the tug when he's pulling your hand to come and seek his face, to just step aside. I take time sometimes, I've, even if it's two or three minutes, sometimes just to close the door and get on the floor and say, okay, Lord, here I am. And as I come to worship him and, and begin to pray, Lord, I wanna fellowship with you as the spirit of counsel. I wanna fellowship with you now as a spirit of wisdom. You invited us in your, in your word, in the book of Proverbs, you say wisdom calls to come and dine. So Lord, I wanna, count, I, wanna, I wanna fellowship with you for a couple of minutes as a spirit of wisdom. I'm here, I'm responding, let's eat. And he does. Or sometimes I just have to pull aside to say, God, I just need a moment to breathe you in and remember you're here. Remember that I'm not alone, that I'm not called to do any of this in my own strength, I need you. I regularly just ask him, Holy Spirit, okay, show me, show me where to read, speak to me, and he'll give me chapter and verse, and I'm like, ah, this is so good, God, thank you, Jesus. I, I need, I, I, I'm a snacker, I, in the natural and in the spiritual. I like three meals a day and snacks, hallelujah. First and second breakfast, praise the Lord. It's true, it's true. Cup of coffee and a cup of tea. I'm sorry. But you know, I believe the Holy Spirit is inviting every one of us to start to foster a relationship that's more than just habitual, much more than just conceptual, much more than just intellectual. I believe the Holy Spirit is inviting us to be flames of fire. that he's inviting us to open our hearts and let him pour in liquid love to the place we can't handle it. It's why he asks us to pray in Ephesians 3 that we'd be strengthened with might in our inner being so that we could comprehend this love that passes knowledge. Because without supernatural help, we cannot bear what he wants to pour in. It's a liquid love, it's a glory that is beyond our capacity, it's beyond our comfort zone, it's beyond what looks polite. It's messy and it's wonderful. My heart for us as a church is that we would begin to embrace with an absolute passion a deep desire to say, there is more and I am going to have it. I used, to, when I used to go to, before, long before I was ever ministering, I would go anywhere that I could smell smoke in the spirit. If I heard something was happening, I remember Peter Barr, had meetings going on up at Kuana Waters and, and there was 
revival happening, I would drive. At nighttime, I would just, Tom would look after the kids and I would go for one night just to be in worship, just because I was desperately hungry. I'd go to these crazy looking Friday night meetings in a tin shed every Friday. It's why we do every Friday now. Because I got into a habit of drinking on Friday nights. And I didn't like all of it, but I couldn't stay away because I was desperate. I wanted much more than a regular service. I needed to encounter God. I was desperate. I'd hear about stuff and I'd be like, I want that, I'll have that. But you know what? When you seek him, you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart, if you'll make a decision that I want him more than I want my own comfort, I want him more than I want anything else. And you know, even if you're in a place where you think I should want that but I don't feel it, that's okay too. Because you don't do it out of a place of your feeling, you do it out of a response to the Spirit of God in you that is yearning for it. So when you come to worship Him, it doesn't matter how you feel if you by faith believe you are filled with the Spirit of God that is yearning and crying out to His deep. You can connect and receive and drink deeply of the river of His pleasure for you regardless of what circumstance or feeling you are in. God's heart desire for every one of us is that we would allow the deep fountains of his spirit within us to cry out and say, I have to have more of you. I need you. People criticize me. They say, you don't need more, sister. Don't you know you already got everything? <sighs> like, yes, I know. I have everything pertaining to life and godliness. I understand. But do you understand that I am not gonna consider myself rich and full and having need of nothing, but I am gonna recognize that without the continual flow of his love, I will not continue to overflow. Overflow only happens when you open your heart and receive continually. When you stop receiving, you stop overflowing. You might be able to sustain, you might be able to maintain, but you will not operate in the supernatural overflow of the Holy Ghost if you, if you stop the posture of seeking desperately with your whole heart. What would happen? What would happen? If the people of God began to humble themselves and say, God, I need you. I need you. I need more. And I'm gonna make room. And I'm gonna do whatever it takes. And I'm gonna pray and seek you in faith, believing you've put your spirit within me and that spirit within me is yearning and crying out to connect with you.
and your promise is that you will be found by me. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's a good father. I can see your hearts burning. God is igniting a fire, a fresh fire in you because it's never, when you've received the Spirit of God, it's never gone out. There's a pilot just waiting. A little pilot flame, just waiting for the ignition of your response. And it's not a gradual coming back to God. Have you ever seen a gas oven? Instant. That's what God will do for you. If you'll seek him, he will be found by you. And you won't have to go on a journey of coming back to him. You can go from lukewarm to fiery hot in an instant. You don't have to battle with condemnation that would try to keep the flame small or try to convince you that, hey, you're gonna have to work really hard to get back into that fiery state or you're gonna have to prove something, climb some mountain, do some act of great human sacrifice of, of something, do something like, fast for 40 days or do something to have it happen. No, if you would go into your bedroom, close the door and say, God, I believe you said, if I seek you with my whole heart, you will be found by me. So I am, I am seeking you with my whole heart. And if you determine to do it, he will do it. If you'll seek him, you will find him, amen. Amen. Father, we love you. I don't want to belittle fasting or any of that. Please hear my heart. I hope you understand. But it's not by you proving yourself to God or your human effort. It's by the posture of your heart that says, I'm going to make room. If that looks like fasting, then so be it. But if it looks like closing the door and, and switching off the phone, for some of you that would be harder than fasting. I can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit right now. And I invite the worship team to come in just a minute, but. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.